You know, the most common phrase in the Bible, in the Old Testament and New, is some variation of be not afraid, do not be afraid, fear not. Some variation of that is found, you know, 300 plus times in the Bible. And that's very comforting to us. Um, It implores us to trust God rather than our own instinct to uh, fear the unknown. But then we run into readings like today where we're told, blessed is the woman who fears the Lord. Our psalm said, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, blessed are they who fears the Lord. And these aren't outliers. You know, um, several times in the Old Testament, it plainly says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, Isaiah calls the fear of the Lord Zion's treasure. We could go on and on. So which one is it? Should we fear the Lord or should we be not afraid? The answer is yes. Yes, we should fear the Lord. And yes, we should be not afraid. How is that possible? How is that not some blatant contradiction? Well, fear is used in different senses in these two phrases. So let's talk about fear. Certainly, there is a sense in which a human can uh, fear what it will cost him or her to turn to the Lord, what it will cost to repent. You know, the, the person can fear how empty life would be without this or that sin, you know, and that might lead them away from the Lord. But I would actually say a good example of an irrational fear of the Lord, so to speak, is found in our gospel the parable of the talents. The symbolism of the parable is this, the master stands for God, for the Lord. The servants are us Christians. Each servant is given a different sum of money. Five talents, two talents, one talent. Each of one talent is a lot of money. It's a huge amount of money. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how you calculate it. And we see that the first two go and they trade and they bring back an insane 100% return on their master's money. The servant who was given one talent, he goes and buries it. Why? He tells us it is out of fear that he buries it. He fears his master who is demanding, right? And who gathers where he did not harvest and sows and uh, uh, is, is is a hard taskmaster with impossible standards, right? So this shows us um, an image of a Christian who has an irrational fear of God based on some misunderstanding, serious misunderstanding of who God is. You know, really, what this servant gives us is an image of despair. Despair uh, is ceasing to hope for a share of God's goodness. The one who despairs abandons the hope of attaining the goal of heaven, when in reality, Nothing's impossible for God. And the Almighty God can certainly uh, uh, bring us to heaven if we're willing to let him. You know, the servant, his despair grows out of this irrational um, fear and understanding of his master as this hard task master with impossible standards, impossible to please. He's this image of despair. So, so what is the antidote for despair? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not going to the other extreme right? If this servant has this erroneous idea of who the master is, of who God is, 
as this hard taskmaster. The solution is not to go to the other extreme, which is presumption. You know, presumption uh, assumes heaven is ours, that it is like a participation trophy, or it sees heaven as assured as long as we avoid becoming a historically terrible human being. The one who presumes has a false understanding of himself because he thinks he has what it takes to reach perfection. And in the process, he forgets that he's a fallen creature in a fallen world. And he forgets how great and awe-inspiring the glory of the Lord is. He forgets that God plays the primary role in our salvation. In short, he forgets the true fear of the Lord. So this irrational fear, it can lead to despair. The response to despair is not presumption. Really, the virtues found in the mean, in the middle. The fear of the Lord, uh, if we want to understand it, first we need to understand uh, servile fear. Servile fear is a fear of the punishment that would come uh, from doing this or that uh, sin. You know, you think of it, this is built into the act of contrition. We say that in the act of contrition that we are sorry for our sins uh, because we fear the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. That imperfect contrition is servile fear. And servile fear is good. It's the beginning of a good thing. It's the beginning of turning away from sin and turning to the Lord. But God doesn't want to leave us there. The true fear of the Lord is a filial fear, the fear of sons and daughters of God who love him and honor him in fear displeasing him, right? This is the fear of the Lord, a filial fear. And it confirms and, and corresponds to the virtue of hope, right? Because it inspires us to have this profound respect for the majesty of God, to have an awe and reverence when we seek him in prayer, when we come uh, to certainly receive him in Holy Communion when we bend the knee before his real presence in the tabernacle. We recognize that God is not tame. He's not some indulgent cosmic grandfather. But God is beyond our wildest imaginations. Everything in this universe had a beginning and will have an end. God never had a beginning. He'll never have an end. He always was, is, and will be. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Even the smartest and most intelligent human beings ever pale in comparison to God, who sees all, knows all, who is himself truth. God is almighty. He creates the universe out of nothing. In the fear of the Lord, it recognizes that, yes, I'm a fallen creature in a fallen world, but it also recognizes that the God who created the universe out of nothing, he can bring a sinner like me to heaven if I will only persevere and let him. So let us pray that we do not indulge our instincts into irrational fear, into despair or presumption. Let us pray that we may increase in the fear of the Lord so that God can bring us to our true home of heaven and make us into the saints he created us to be.